Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the Coach John Brett. And I'm here with the vet in Griffin. Got a little downpour going on behind us. Y'all didn't think it rained in Texas. Man, it's <laughs> raining in the pool. Makes you want to get in there. That heated pool. Well, probably not. It'd be cold. <laughs> It'd be cold, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, hey, uh, you know, we all survived Thanksgiving, Coach. Uh, uh, probably gained a little bit too much, and uh, but we'll be all right with that. But we figured uh, since we're coming close to certifying the election, Everybody got their little drawers in a wad, let's just say, their panties in a wad saying, why ain't this been done yet? Well, officially, it ain't certified until like December 12th or whatever. Right. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what in recent times has stirred, I think, uh, laid some foundations of some controversy that we still have today, and that's the Bush Gore election. Yeah, and I think a lot of times things happen, and when they're happening for the first time in, in a lifetime, it's just... It's just, I remember that time period being like every single day. It was like something new from Florida to the Supreme Court, to Bush's camp, to Gore's camp. But I think sometimes what we're going through now is kind of brought, that's kind of the foundation start of the people's feelings of the disconnect we have now with the voting and this machines and the ballots and the butterflies, all these terms, kind of like a lot of the disinformation and, and, uh, misinformation and, and not really trusting the government that started maybe when the Kennedy assassination. A lot of people believe that was the foundation yeah. where all that cover up started. But anyway, Bush, man, Bush Gore is a great topic. It's, uh, it's something that I've, I've studied and, and, and heck, I was just listening to a podcast recently over. It's, it's great stuff. I, I will say I, I agree. I think that, the, like you said, it, it went further back, but that's a defining moment we can pick off of. I, I mean, let's face the facts. When Reagan was president, you know, People were protesting down the street, throwing their temper tantrums, and somebody even shot him, you know. Yeah, and, uh, um, unbelievable. And, and because they couldn't control their emotions and all these other things. And uh, so we had some of what we – nobody did shot, you know, like that. But we've had some of those tantrums today. But the Bush Gores, you know, that was kind of the first time we ever heard this term. It, he's not my president. Yeah, you know, and, uh And I think it festered from there, to be honest, because people felt that – well, hey, you know, until he won the second time, President Bush, George W., that he really wasn't validated as the president. Although I don't know how you validate anything higher than the Supreme Court in our land. Yeah. I mean, they validated it. But so kind of unique is they had two cases go up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and one had a 7-2 uh, verdict and one had a 5-4 verdict, Coach. And uh, the 7-2 verdict, uh, and this is kind of, Going to things is one of the people that were number uh, that voted against was two was Ruth Bader Ginsburg was yeah. the one and it was on equal protection <clears throat> sure. uh, and but that doesn't mean that she's wrong it just means that she sees the Constitution and what happened a little different than the other people did sure. and, th and that's how all justices are and a little bit of foundation for it going into the election you have to remember for some of you that don't remember first of all I was at that time, I was just turned 30. So it was like the really first election. I was really into more. Put it, I think in your 20s, you're like kind of, you know, you, you wanted, you know, I voted, I voted for Clinton because he played saxophone on the TV. I'm just saying. And, but I can't believe I just said that out loud. Because he was boxers, wasn't it? Oh, he was. Well, because, because he, he knew boxers. how to take care of the ladies. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but prior to that, it was like the first time that I've seen the media and, uh, dirty politics kind of come out in my lifetime that I can remember. I remember right before the election, Bush was kind of coming back, getting closer, and the, the polls were back and forth. 
and they brought up something that happened 30 years prior to them getting a DWI. Yep. <clears throat> and it was kind of like Clinton, the email thing uh, with Comey coming out saying something. It made a really a, a switch for some people right at the end there, the October surprise type thing that we talked about. So going into the election, they knew it was going to be a few states that were going to be important. And one of them being Florida. And a lot of people don't remember this, but we had a Republican Secretary of State being Catherine Harris. Yep. We also had a Republican governor in Florida that was his brother, Jed Bush. His, and his brother told him, said, don't worry about it. I got you. This is no big deal. Yep. Well, it gets to be election day and no one, no one can figure out who's going to win the state. And this is when exit polls started coming together. Well, so coach, I don't mean to butt in, no. but, but one thing that uh, was discussed, and I have like three of George W. Bush's books, so I couldn't tell you which one it came out of. But one thing was discussed is he called his brother Jed because he had heard on the news about seven days prior that, hey, that race is tightening up. Mm -hmm. And Jed says, you're, you're up by eight points or seven points. Right. This isn't going to be a problem. And then about three days prior to the election, they released, and this is misinformation being released, but they released that Jed Bush had had pushed for Social Security uh Social Security uh, bill that would enhance it, actually. But the title of it was Social Security Reform is what mm. he was push, pushing for. Good and we all know what's in Florida is a lot of senior citizens. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was a strategic move, and it kind of worked a little bit because it put fear in people's ideas there. Sure. And uh, that kind of – that was one of the things that pushed to sway Florida a good bit. And then, of course, also the second thing you had – was you had the different time zones. And that's what that was one of the huge. things that was very big. And that's what Carl Rove got pissed off immediately is when one of the, see, the exit polling was different. There it used to be that one or two had their own exit polling, and then they put them all together, all the networks, and said, okay, we're going to just pay this one company. We're all going to use it. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all going to say at the same time that this state won and this one didn't. The information is going to be there, and you, every individual network can decide are we going to call the election or not. So what happened was in Florida was they went ahead and called it for Gore before the panhandle states had even yeah. closed the, the polls. And Rove got on the phone and said, wait a minute, you can't do that. You can't set a precedent of, of calling a state before the, the polls even closed because that means people that are driving there. We'll just stop. Well, just, well why go? Yeah, We've already lost. Yeah. So they call it for Gore. There's this weirdness going on where Carl Rove picks the phone and starts calling. Everyone said, look, this is way too early. To do this, we got we got Republican counties that aren't even there yet. It's not right, and um, so that started this whole night of then called it for Gore. Then they switched it to Bush. Gore then is going to concede to yeah. Bush. He gets in the car to go to the hotel. They then realize that there's some other folks coming in. Now it looks like Gore might win. Yeah. They're trying to get in touch with Gore. They can't get in because it's not like it's cell phone city back then. And before he gets on stage, they're like, do not concede. And he goes, well, I already did. I already called him. He goes, well, you got to recall him. Yep. And so he picks up the phone the second time and says, George, it's a little bit early. I shouldn't have done that. And George said, do what you got to do, pretty much. Yep. And that's when it all started. And so, so of course, then it goes up to the, the Supreme Court. And I forget which court town, which the cases were titled. Uh, one of them was against Harris itself. But, uh, well, but, she certified it and they didn't want her to. Yes. And so... As it went up, there was two different cases that went up. One was on equal protection because they were doing the recount had stopped. But what it did was 
the seven two approved the recount stop. Okay, but what the deal was was specifically different uh, standards for different areas, right. kind of like in the Panhandle compared to Broward County. And they said under equal protection clause that you cannot have different standards within the state. Right. You know, so that that one in the Supreme Court seven to two, but right. that's that today is the very issue that was being brought up in Pennsylvania today is different standards in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh region compared to the rest of the state. Right. So and it's it's but it's very hard because different counties because we as even though it's a it's a nationwide election, yeah. we let the states decide and then we let the counties decide how they have different ballots differences because some of this like Tyler uses uh, thumbprint and they use punch and then there's smaller counties out in the country that can't yeah. afford all that and they use a different ballot and that's one of the things that happened in uh, in uh, Florida was there were so many candidates on the ballot in Florida that they actually used what they call a butterfly ballot yeah. and the lady was actually a Democrat was trying to make it easier because a lot of people like you said in Florida or senior citizens and they can't see it printed out because there were so many it printed out so small that she was worried that they wouldn't see who they're voting for so by increasing the size of the names it put them offsetting on yeah. the butterfly ballot but and the so they were like, chat. and then they're hanging chad and all these things but one of the things we realized it realized and yes it went to the supreme court but what went to the supreme court was the lower courts, the Supreme Court of Florida making a decision, yeah. and the Bush people didn't like that decision, so they asked them, would they make a decision if something they were doing was unconstitutional? And the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause that you bring up, is one of the most used uh, amendments when it comes to people's protection in our country, because we want equality. And if you're gonna have certain things in four counties and there are 67 counties, it needs to be the same because if it's not, it's not fair. And that was the, the ended up being the reason that that Bush, uh, Bush v. Gore won was because of pretty much the equal protection was being violated. Yes, and so and to, also to explain the difference uh, from Florida to Pennsylvania, and I'm not going to go in a lot of details, but it's also how the state constitution was written, right. and that's what the Supreme Court went back on under the equal protection clause. Is accordance to how the state constitution was written, you know, that's why they voted 7-2. Whereas that might not be the case in Pennsylvania. I don't know sure. how their constitution is written. So anyway, so and then, then you had the second Supreme Court case, and that was a 5-4 decision ruling against the remedy of going back and doing a Florida recount. Yeah, they said, they yeah. said, hey, you got what you got. This is what we're going with. We're not going to go do another recount. Yeah. And, 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 and that was a little more testy in the Supreme Court. Sure. But – it was a 5-4 decision. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that federalism, I mean, our founders understood and wanted it to be a huge, huge part of not only the beginning of the country, but forever, is there being this federalism, meaning that there is there, we want the states to make the decisions based on states and the federal government stay out of it, unless something that the state does is deemed to be unconstitutional against the federal constitution. So every state that we have has different rules and laws that, that I mean, just to something as simple as uh, uh, driving on a freeway. Yeah. If you're on I-20 and you're in Texas and then you're in I-20 and you're in uh, Louisiana, there are different rules for that same highway based on the state you live in. And that came into play big time 
in, in not only in that election, but in, in most elections, because every state has their way of dealing with ballots, how they deal with certification, how they deal with the electorals. Um, some people don't even know that the 1800 election and prior, it didn't have popular vote. It was electoral votes. Your electoral, your representative of that state decided who was president. Wow. Can you imagine that today? If just the senators yeah. made that decision, but it's the way that the states do things that are different in different ones. In Florida, had certain standards and rules that only Florida had to had to do uh, at that time. But the only thing that they had to make sure of was when it did go to Supreme Court is one any law that Florida did for their election laws, it had to be fair based on the constitutionality of yes. the federal government, and it was. And the five four decision is just like a five four decision in most of the case today. It's political. It's not supposed to be a political branch, but it has become a political branch in the last fifty six years. That's just my opinion. And at the end of the day, you know, the Gore-Bush election, what it did was it, it just proved how divided our country had become. Yeah. And we were very divided. You know, if you take a step back and you look back at a few elections prior, when Reagan ran against Walter Mondale, Reagan had Reagan Democrats come out. You know, you hardly ever see parties switch now, the parties. but And I think the root of that, lies in the Bush Gore. Everybody kind of said, Katie, bar the door. We're standing our ground with our party instead of maybe standing ground with the country. Yeah. We stand ground with a party no matter what because, you know, that's what we do. And that, that that has been a big divide. Is that right there? Because there were some people that felt the election wasn't done right. And there was no alternative because it went to the Supreme Court and they made the final decision. History will say that 50 years from now. It, it was a done deal, you know? Yeah. And we but, have, we but it let people issues. spurn. Oh, absolutely. And there's always going to be a winner and there's always going to be a loser. And with the political polarization that we have now, uh, it's it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse, probably. But, I mean, just you have to go back to the great General George Washington. His farewell address in 1796. He literally said, looking forward, and he's considered to be the, the probably the greatest early American that we have. I am terrified of political parties because you're going to start caring more about a party than you do about a country. Or even now, so you care more about a party than you do about the truth. Uh, it doesn't matter what's truthful or not. It's just so my party stays in power because if my party stays in power, my, ideolo my ideology is protected. And that Bush-Gore uh, in 2000 was the first time it felt like I heard these terms of the greatest election in our lifetime, the most important election <laughs> of our lifetime. Now you hear it all the time. Exactly. If they win, we're going going to go so left. If these guys win, we're going to go backwards. Yeah. It's this thing that they play us up to understand. In the 2016 election, have you ever heard <coughs> anything more crazy than if Hillary wins, we're going to go more left than even Obama? And if, if Trump wins, we're going to go into this place that's never been there with this guy that has no idea what he's doing, what he's doing, what he's doing. And then you heard it again in 2020, the greatest, most important election of our lifetime. We're going to have socialism over here and we're going to have, you know, fascism. Are you kidding me? So I'll say this, Coach. There's always a crisis in every oh, election man. because we got to paint it that way because, you know, chicken little skies falling. Yeah. Think about Jimmy Carter. When Jimmy Carter came on board, what did he do? Thermostats in the summertime couldn't be below 78 degrees. In the wintertime, it couldn't be above 68. Somebody coming into my house checking that out, really? I, I paid the electric bill, not you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. But that was because we were going to save the energy crisis. Maybe we didn't buy Saudi oil and bought American oil. 
wouldn't have that problem just throwing it out there. But, you know, that's what he chose to do. You know, every time we have a crisis in every election, because we got to paint it that way. Now, do we have the energy crisis? We really don't. You know, uh, we kind of got that figured out unless we start buying Saudi oil again. But one thing I do want to say is Bush Gore. Gore was not someone that I wanted to be president, but Gore was an American with character because when it came down to number one, he was conceding. Yep. He wasn't a sore loser because there was only a problem with one little small area in the country and it was Florida and it was only a few. You think about it, 537 votes ended up being the actual certified difference. (laughs) He had a case, but when it came down to his uh, decision to finally, when when Bush Gore was over, Bush v. Gore was over in the Supreme Court. Do you think Donald Trump or do you think Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi would come out and do what Gore did? Gore came out and or said, Hillary. we lost. Yeah. We're going forward. It's a country. The country's first. Let's move forward. Let's get behind George Bush. Because you can remember, just one small year later, we had 9-11. Yeah. If 9-11 happened in 2021, I couldn't even imagine the divide this country would even go further when that was one thing that brought us together after. People don't realize how divisive 2000 was with Bush Gore. And one year later, we were singing Kumbaya on the steps of the the Capitol after we were bombed. I don't think there's anything that can bring us together right now. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this is uh, Al Gore, he was classy. I, I didn't vote for him. I didn't care for his politics, but he was classy. Just like I say, George W. Bush was probably the last president we had that didn't blame his predecessor, and that kind of faded away. Sure. That class has went away because that's what presidents were supposed to do is not talk about the guy that comes after him, not talk about the guy that goes for him, and that went away after George W. Bush yes. left office. And both kind of kind of ironic, during that time, we had both candidates that were actually classy. Yeah. You know, they actually had character. They were actually classy. And you got to so, think about it. Gore was classy when when his actually you know he was vice president to Clinton and Clinton didn't act very well. Yeah, Gore was the same way, and I have to say that about Pence. I was excited. I, I mean, now you said that. Yeah, that's something that my wife says every time she sees him up there. That that's Mike Pence. That he is a stable, classy guy no matter what. And I think that's one of the things that a vice president needs to be. Yes, just like a first lady needs to be a certain way. And I hate to say, oh, well, they're supposed to be presidential and they're supposed to be vice presidential or whatever. But a vice president, a good vice president, is not someone that's just out there rah rah. They're actually a stability. They're actually that character person that's behind the scenes, making sure things are done for the country. And, you know, we can go, well, that might be a good one that we've never even done is some of the best vice presidents of all time. Because the vice president, a lot of times, is the springboard too. But a lot of times, it's just that's the role. Yeah. And uh, just like we're talking about vice president, I've been doing a lot of study in the election of 1800. Aaron Burr was one of our president, our vice president. Yes. And Aaron Burr was a criminal. Yes. He was a snake, a scoundrel. <laughs> he never told the truth. Some of his people around said he will never tell the truth when the truth is better. I mean, this is how bad this guy was. But then we've had some great vice presidents that have come on to be great Americans. And we have some that just did their role. It's and I will tell you, Gore was one of those guys. And I, and I really appreciated Gore, the way he, he ended up uh, finishing off his career. I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with his greenness and all this no, stuff. But you know what? He's passionate about it. Um, and I think Pence will probably be remembered for that way. Pence doesn't have a political future as a president, if you ask me, no, he because he's too presidential. 
<laughs> he's unelectable. We, we like yeah, exactly. person. Oh, we yeah. like to stir the pot, you know. And uh, but I think he's, I think he's Bush, Bush Gore will go down in the history books as one of those. And and some of you guys that that do listen to this, read about the the election of 1800, 1860 with Lincoln, 1920, an unbelievable election. The 1960 election, Kennedy probably didn't even win without. I know he didn't win without the mob. Yeah. 20, or excuse me, 2020, and of course, Gore and, and, and 2000. These are great, great history lessons, not only about how to go forward, because there was division and all of that leading up to it, division coming out of it. But after that, our country always prospered. So something I'll say on that, Coach, is, you know, something I tell, I told soldiers, I tell grownups, I tell kids, it's how we face adversity is what defines us to who we are. And that's not just people. That's our country. And this little time in history will be a speed bump 10 years from now. Because all it will be is a speed bump. But it will be a foundation of something or how we reacted to it. If we threw a temper tantrum the day after election or the day after inauguration, you know, like we did four years ago, or did we handle it with class and move on? Losses hurt. Yeah. But most of life is about losses. Uh, life is difficult and losses happen a lot. I lost a game this weekend that was absolutely heart-wrenching because we beat the team prior to this win would have put us in the final. Their team had 11. They got 11 penalties. I mean, we had 11 penalties. They had one. The only penalty they got was when our guy retaliated when they got a penalty because he was getting hit in the head. Everything seemed to go against us. Their coaches were screaming across at us and some of our kids on the field. But as soon as that game was over, we took our hats off. We went over and shook their hands. We prayed yeah. with them in the middle of the field, and we moved on. It's, we could have acted a fool. We could have thrown things. And we would have been justified maybe because we thought we should have won the game. But you know what? Sometimes the best thing for your country, the best thing for your family, the best thing for even yourself is move on and fight another day. I agree, Coach. It's been a good segment. So uh, I'll say this from the coach. To the vet. Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned.